Welcome to episode number 90 of the Girl About the Globe podcast. In this episode, I'm transporting you to Portugal in Europe. If you've ever wanted to travel to this destination, this episode is for you. Stay tuned. Welcome to Girl About the Globe, a podcast for you as a solo female traveller. Empowering women to travel solo with maximum adventure, minimum impact. Portugal is a fantastic destination, especially one for solo female travellers. I've spent roughly about a month in Portugal and in this episode I'm just going to run through some of my favourite places and some of the things that you can do in Portugal to try and inspire you to go there. It has a lot to offer different kinds of solos. You can surf, sightsee, visit wineries, see beautiful landscapes and what I really love about it is that it has stunning castles. During my time in Portugal, I have been there solo and travelling alone is relatively easy. The Portuguese are usually very friendly people. They're very passionate about their culture, their country, their history and traditions, which makes it a very interesting and unique culture. It's also quite easy to get around and get by if you don't know any Portuguese, which I don't. I know basic Spanish, which can sometimes help in the rural areas if you're struggling with being understood in English. Lisbon is a great choice if you're going to Portugal as a digital nomad. You'll definitely be able to meet lots of others there, especially if you join the meetup platform before you go. There's also a chain of co-working hostels called Selena, where you can mingle with other workers and you can also attend their evening events. Portugal is also becoming quite a popular destination for the wellness solo and there's plenty of yoga retreats there if that's what you're into. If you're wondering, is Portugal safe? Yes, it is. In recent years, it has become one of the most safest countries in Europe. Violent crime is almost non-existent and you don't really get much pickpocketing. So it is safe. There are no particular areas that you need to avoid, but as anywhere when you travel by yourself, just always be aware of your surroundings and take precautions when you're traveling at night and try not to walk around alone in dark or deserted areas. That's just common sense whenever you're you're travelling by yourself. So where is Portugal? Portugal is located in southern Europe. It borders Spain to the west and the north, France on the eastern border as well as Morocco which is across the Gibraltar Strait. It's home to some of the most stunning scenery in Europe and it has plenty of activities and attractions perfect for solos. It's divided into seven different regions, with the most popular being the Algarve in the south, Lisbon, which is the capital, Porto and the north, central Portugal, and Alentejo. If you're unsure which region to go to, I'm just going to run through the best regions. Starting with Lisbon, which is obviously the capital, it's the country's hilly capital, and It's hilly because it's built on seven hills, so you do need some comfortable walking shoes to get around. You don't really want to wear your heels. In Lisbon, it is a bit challenging. One of the best ways to get around is on foot, and there are plenty of walking tours available. Walking tours are a great way to learn about the city's history and culture, and getting some exercise too, which you definitely will do in Lisbon. The Castelo de São Jorge is a great place to visit if you want to learn about Portugal's history and culture. This castle was built by the Moors in 1147, but after being captured by Christians around 1250, it became a royal palace for many years 
until it then became state property in 1834. There's also the Geronimus Monastery, which is one of Lisbon's most popular tourist attractions. It's really easy to see why. It's a beautiful monastery and it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site because the architecture is just stunning. You can also take a ride on the tram, especially one of their historic trams. You've probably seen these in the iconic pictures of Lisbon with the little colourful trams. They're a fun way to get around the city and they offer great views of the scenery too. Don't forget to also try some Portuguese food when you're there. There are so many restaurants to choose from in Lisbon and the traditional dishes you can choose are bacalao, which is salt cod, and pasta de nata which are the little Portuguese custard tarts. Every single bakery that you go in and you order one of these tiny little tarts. When I was there last year, they were less than a euro and each one tasted a bit different to the last one. So make sure that you try one of them. You can also do food and wine tours or you can even learn how to cook your own pastel donata in a cooking class with a local baker. One of my favourite places in Lisbon is the Belém Tower. It's one of the iconic photos of the city and it's a must-see for anybody visiting Lisbon. It's located on the banks of the Tagus River and it offers views of the cityscape. And they also produce their own version of the Pastel de Nata, which is called a Pastel de Belém. You can cycle along the river from Lisbon to Belém on an electric bike tour as well. The next region that you should not miss is Cascais. It's a small town in the Lisbon region and it's known for its beautiful beaches, great restaurants and lovely architecture. It's only 30 minutes from the city by train. One of the nicest beaches here is called Guimco. We have gorgeous sand dunes, which is just north of Cascais. If you don't mind walking, you can take a hike past the marina to the Santa Marta Lighthouse for an amazing photo. If you want to escape the city and get some nature, Sintra National Park is stunning. It's located in the foothills of Portugal's Sintra Mountains and it's a small town which is home to a UNESCO World Heritage Site and some of the country's most beautiful buildings including the Palacio de Pina, the Pina Palace, which looks like it came straight out of a fairy tale. It's definitely got the wow factor. If you only visit one place, you have to visit the Pina Palace. There is so much else to do in Sintra National Park as well. You can also go horse riding, I've only spent three nights there, but you might want to spend a little bit longer there because there is a lot to see. Outside of Lisbon, an hour's drive heading up the coast is a small town of Peniche. Peniche is located on an estuary with gorgeous sand dunes and it makes it perfect for surfing. I actually spent a week here and I stayed in Selina Hostel. The nearby beach in Balial has great waves, so you'll never be far from some good surf spots. If you're not into surfing, you can just visit the museum here to learn more about the history of Portugal and its traditions. The museum's actually located inside the chambers of the Pinish Fortress, and you can also get a good view of the town and the beach from the lighthouse, or you can just watch the surfers catching the waves while sipping a smoothie from one of the cafes. It's a friendly place to meet other surfers. Ericeria is a small fishing village in Portugal that's also become known for its surfing, plus its seafood restaurants and colourful houses. It's increasingly popular with tourists over the years, but it retains much of its charm thanks to the local people. Things to do here include surfing again, at one of the most popular beaches for surfing, and trying some of their delicious seafood at one of the restaurants located right by the sea. 
Riviera de las is one of the most popular beaches. Just 30 kilometres from here is Mafra National Palace, which is an impressive 18th century Baroque building with over 2,000 rooms. It was originally built as a royal residence, but it now houses a library and museum. Obidos is in central Portugal and it's been designated as one of the country's seven wonders because of its historic significance and beauty. One of the best things to do here is walk along the medieval walls, which date back to the 12th century. The walls have been restored in recent years by local volunteers using traditional methods such as lime mortar and hand tools. Travel further inland and you'll reach Monsanto. This small village located in the central Portugal is known as the most Portuguese village in Portugal. It's famous for its unique and strange looking architecture. I unfortunately didn't get a chance to go here but it's on my list for when I return. The houses are built between and under huge granite boulders which have been shaped and carved over the years by the wind and rain. You can walk through the narrow streets and alleyways of this charming little village and enjoy the views of the rock formations that make up its buildings. Coimbra is a city in the central region. I did stay here for a few nights. It's known for its university, which is a must-see when visiting the city. The university is one of the oldest in Europe and it was founded in 1290. And it's one of the most well-known universities on the continent as well. It's also a UNESCO World Heritage Site. There's a very cute little old town here and a really nice river where you can walk along the riverbank. Heading north to Porto. You've probably heard of Porto. It's actually a UNESCO city and it has a historic centre and Baroque churches. Porto is Portugal's second largest city. And it's known for its world-famous port wine houses, one of the most appreciated tipples in Europe. You can also visit the Port Wine Museum to find out more about port wine. But it's not just port that's found there. There's many museums and galleries for those who want to learn more about Portuguese culture or history. The most famous one is the Museo Nacional Soros dos Reis, which is the oldest in Portugal. If you prefer contemporary art, you can head to... Rue de Miguel Bombarda, which is a vibrant street with art galleries and cafes. And if you're going to be there for a little while, you may want to consider purchasing a Porto card that gives you access to museums and public transport if you're planning to be there for up to four days. Rua de Santa Catarina, Rua actually means road, is the city's main shopping area where you're going to find restaurants and cafes within its pedestrian area. Avira dos Alayados is a beautiful avenue within the city and has grand buildings such as the Porto City Hall with its 70 metre monumental tower. Porto is a beautiful city and the best way to get a feel for the city is by walking around it. But again, it can be a bit hilly. You can walk along the River Douro or explore Praca de Ribera, which is one of Porto's picturesque areas. The Riverside Quarter has medieval streets and alleyways that lead down to the Douro River. You can hop on the funicular across the river to see the city from above or take a boat cruise to see the city's several bridges. There are many different and interesting places nearby that are worth visiting, such as the cities of Braga and Guimarães or the Douro Valley. Porto is a great place to spend a few days if you're interested in history or culture. So the Douro Valley is actually situated along the border from western Spain in an area called Douro. It's known for its picturesque landscapes and vineyards that produce some of the best port wines in the world. 
if you're a wine lover, it's definitely an area that you should visit and it's easily accessible on a day trip from Porto. Day trips usually include wine or port tastings and you also get a boat cruise along this stunning river, which is just gorgeous. Between Porto and Douro is Sinfaze, which is on the bank of the River Douro. Here you'll find traditional villages in the Montemuru hills, which you can visit and you can trek to, as well as historical monuments. You can also pick up unique Portuguese handcrafts within this area. Another area that's easy to reach from Porto is Braga, which is approximately one hour by train. Braga is a city in the north region. It's the country's religious centre and it's known for its cathedral, which is the oldest in Portugal. Just outside of the city is the Bom Jesus de Mont Sanctuary, a popular pilgrimage site that features a large Baroque staircase leading up to a statue of Jesus Christ. It's definitely worth a visit if you're interested in religious history and architecture. Near the Spanish border is the Coa Valley. Heritage here dates back thousands of years. Apparently there's even prehistoric rock art to be found within this valley in the northeast. You can find engravings of mountain goats and horses and as far back as 22,000 BC, as well as long-legged warriors with tiny heads from the Iron Age. The Coal Valley area is now a UNESCO World Heritage Site and Archaeological Park. If, however, all you want to do is laze around on a sun-drenched beach, the Algarve in southern Portugal is the place to go. If you want to indulge yourself in beautiful seafood restaurants and then party in the evening, Portugal's premier party destination is the perfect place for the beach and party girl about the globe. And Albufeira is the Algarve region of the country. This coastal city was once a fishing village and it's now one of the most popular destinations, which also makes it easy to meet other tourists there. There's a stunning old town area that's packed with gorgeous restaurants and chic cocktail bars. There's the infamous Albufeira Strip, which is only located 20 minutes apart from each other. Or there's a 40 minute drive from Albufeira is the city of Faro. And the Algarve coast is known for its beautiful beaches. So make sure that you spend some time relaxing on the sand when you're in Faro. This area is also well known for its spa hotels. The most popular beaches here are Praia de Faro, which is a long sandy one, and Praia de Marina, which is known as one of the best in the world. Alentejo is a region in southern Portugal that's known for its rolling hills, cork oaks, vineyards and olive groves. And it's a great place to visit if you're interested in nature, history or wine. You can visit one of the Alentejo's many charming villages, each with their own unique character and history. Or you can take a walk or a bike ride through the vineyards and the olive groves that make up this beautiful landscape while sampling some of the region's delicious wine at many of the wineries. There's a bit of a theme with wineries in Portugal, so if you do like wine and port, Portugal's definitely a country for you. One of the most popular things to do in Alentejo is to visit the medieval town of Montserrat, which is located on top of a hill overlooking the surrounding countryside. If you're into history, head to Evora. It was founded by the Romans and the city is known for its ancient ruins, UNESCO World Heritage Site Cathedral and colourful tile-covered buildings. You can take a walk through Evora's historical centre where you'll find charming cobblestone streets, old churches and houses covered in beautiful Portuguese tile work that feels like stepping back into time. 
Make sure to visit the Roman Temple of Diana, which is one of Portugal's most famous monuments. Evora is a great place to visit if you're interested in history and you want to see some beautiful Portuguese architecture. And also, you don't just have to stick to the mainland because Portugal also owns the Azores and the Madeira Islands. And I absolutely love the Madeira Islands. And there is a Salo Travel in Madeira guide on the Girl About the Globe blog. If you're unsure where to stay in Portugal, Portugal has all different types of accommodation for different budgets. You can stay in hostels or apartments in the cities. As I mentioned before, they have Salina hostels in quite a few of the destinations in Portugal. And I really do recommend staying in those hostels. They also have apartments in the cities, villas in the beach areas, guest houses, three, four, five star hotels. If you want to stay somewhere a little bit more authentic, you may prefer to stay in a Pousada. And a Pousada is basically a historic building such as a castle that's been restored into tourist accommodation. If you are looking for hostels, there is the Selena brand. There's also Oasis Backpackers Hostel in Sintra, Lisbon Forever Hostel and New Lisbon Concept Hostel. Stayed in all of them and they're all absolutely fine. Travelling around Portugal, if you have a car, it obviously makes things so much easier and it is the best way to get around the country. But I didn't have a car and I still managed to get around Portugal fine. The roads are well maintained, there's lots of parking available and obviously plenty of places to stop and visit along any route. If you do drive though, be aware that the roads around Sintra National Park is mountainous and windy so you may feel more comfortable getting local buses for that region. You can get around using trains and buses. Train travel is comfortable and convenient but it can be expensive depending on where you want to go. You can take the train from Lisbon to Cascais and Sintra National Park, for example. And to get to the more rural areas such as Peniche, you will need to take a bus. The Reed Express Bus Network, R-E-D-E, is quite an extensive network and it covers most of the country. There's also Flixbus, which is a cheap alternative to Portuguese buses. And you can travel from Lisbon to Porto with them. They do a direct route. Portugal is okay to visit any time of the year, depending on what kind of activities you want to do. But the best time to visit is during spring, March to May, or autumn, September and October, when the weather isn't as hot and there are fewer tourists around. If you do enjoy Christmas markets, you may prefer to visit Lisbon in December, when the city is decorated with Christmas lights. I visited here in December and also during the summer months, and it was beautiful in December. If you're planning on surfing and you're a beginner, May to September are meant to be good months to visit. For the more powerful swells, the best time is the end of the winter to the beginning of the spring. Be aware that winter months can get quite cold and raining. So it can be cold inside some of the buildings because heating doesn't seem to be very common. So do wrap up nice and warm, especially if you're heading to the northern part of Portugal, such as Porto during the winter months. The Algarve does tend to be hotter, so head to the south if you're looking for some heat. So the main airports, the three busiest airports in Portugal, you've got Lisbon Airport, Porto and Faro. And you can take a metro and also a bus from Lisbon Airport. From Porto, you can get a taxi or there's also a metro as well. And then from Faro, there's also a taxi or a bus. Just as a quick summary, the best areas to visit are Lisbon, which is a city that's home to a mix of old and new architecture, plenty of things to do and see whether you're interested in history, 
culture or nightlife, make sure that you go and listen to some live music while you're also in Lisbon. Then there's the Algarve on the southern coast, known for its beaches, golf courses and outdoor activities such as surfing and hiking. It's also home to many of the castles. Then you have Porto, which is the second largest city, which offers a mix of history and modernity thanks to its UNESCO World Heritage Site listed downtown area. At least the place to also go and visit the wineries. Plenty of things to do for solo female travellers. One of them is hiking. Portugal's home to some stunning mountain scenery and there are plenty of trails that offer amazing views. Be sure to check out the Serra da Estrella mountains if you're looking for a challenging hike. Wine tasting. So many opportunities to sample local varieties of wine around the country. And one of my favourite spots is at Quinta dos Valles in the Algarve, where you can taste some amazing reds and whites while enjoying breathtaking views over the vineyards. If shopping is your thing, Portugal has plenty of options. You can head to the capital city to find closed shops such as Zara and H&M. But in smaller towns like Sintra, then you get to find some really great local souvenir shops. Beaches. Portugal's well known for its beautiful beaches. Some of the favourites are the golden sands of Praia de Marina in the Algarve. Then there's also culture. It's full of history and culture. So head to Lisbon and Porto for museums, galleries, theatres and more. Historic towns such as Obidos will give you a glimpse into how life was lived centuries ago, while Sintra has many castles that were built by Portuguese kings. And then Portugal is also known for wellness and relaxation. There are plenty of spas where you could just relax and unwind after all of that sightseeing. This is just a brief overview of Portugal and I hope that I've inspired you to go to this Portuguese country in Europe. If I have, you will find a solo travel in Portugal guide on the Girl About the Globe blog. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to our Girl About the Globe podcast, making solo travel easier for you. Find everything that you need for your solo travels at girlaboutheglobe.com and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.